Good morning. You're listening to The Daily Cast, a podcast to start the day on Kilcullen Diary. I'm Brian Byrne, and it's the 12th of May, 2021. This morning we'll be looking at the life of a woman who made nursing a trained profession. And we'll hear how TY students at Cross and Passion College managed to produce their annual musical in this second year of COVID restrictions. First, the weather. A bright start will give way to cloud and showers, some heavy, with the possibility of hail and scattered thunderstorms. There'll be a high of 12 degrees in variable light breezes. So, if you didn't make it up early this morning, you've missed the best of it. Today is International Nurses' Day, on the anniversary of the birth of Florence Nightingale in the Italian city of the same name on this date in 1820, which makes her our person of interest for this day. Florence's family were British, wealthy and well-connected, and she and her older sister were brought up back in England in very good circumstances. The liberal and humanitarian attitudes of her parents, inherited from both their families, led to the young girls receiving a very wide education in mathematics, Italian, classical literature and philosophy. From an early age, Florence displayed an ability for collecting and analysing information. In 1837, she announced that she would enter the field of nursing, which did not have a good reputation at the time. Both her mother and sister were against her decision. But Florence worked to educate herself in the techniques as they were at those days. While growing up, she had experienced what she described as calls from God, to devote her life to the service of others. With a generous annual income set on her by her father, she travelled during the mid-1800s in France, Italy and Egypt, and wrote extensively on her experiences. Back in England in 1853, she worked as superintendent of an institute for the care of sick gentlewomen in Harley Street in London. But after a year, In response to reports of horrific conditions for wounded soldiers in the Crimean War, she travelled to the military hospital in Scutari, across the Black Sea from the Crimea. With her were a group of Irish Sisters of Mercy and other volunteer women that she had trained. They found overworked medical staff, poor and unhygienic conditions, lacks of supplies and equipment, all contributing to a mortality rate amongst the wounded of some 42%. Most of the deaths were from infection rather than injury. Florence knew the value of publicity, and through a plea via the Times of London, she caused a prefabricated hospital designed by the engineer Brunel to be shipped to the Dardanelles. When this was in place, death rates were reduced sharply. In the original hospital, she also cut mortality by implementing hygiene measures, some of them as simple as regular hand-washing. The lady with the lamp nickname came from a description in the Times of her wandering the wards by night, ministering to soldiers. In 1855, as a recognition for her work in the war, the Nightingale Fund was established for the training of nurses. With its help, she set up the Nightingale Training School at St Thomas's Hospital in 1860. And her first trained Nightingale nurses began work five years later at the Liverpool Workhouse Infirmary. Over subsequent years, her qualified students changed the concept of nursing as an area where former servants or widows in hard times found work. 
and made major improvements in the care of people, especially in the workhouse system. Florence herself was intermittently in bad health from 1857 onwards, due to severe brucellosis and a spinal infection. She also suffered from depression and was from time to time bedridden. But she continued to work in social reform and was a pioneer worker in hospital planning. She promoted compulsory sanitation in private houses. Her ideas spread across England and through the world and her sanitary concepts are credited with a significant increase in life expectancy in the years between 1871 and the mid-1930s. She was given a number of awards, including the first Royal Red Cross in 1883, a military award for nursing. Florence Nightingale passed away peacefully in her sleep in August 1910 at the age of 90. Her name is memorialised in a number of hospitals in Istanbul, in nursing schools, and during the pandemic preparation in the UK last year, the prefabricated hospitals prepared for treating an expected surge in patients were called Nightingale Hospitals. And her name is also that on the pledge which nurses recite at their pinning ceremony at the end of training. Now to our feature of the day. And in March each year, it's a tradition that transition year students at CPC present their musical. It's always an invigorating and absolutely entertaining experience for the parents and friends who go along to the usual three nights of performance. Last year, that third night had to be cancelled due to the arriving coronavirus. This year, though it had been hoped that public performances might be back, it became clear after Christmas that that wasn't going to happen. So, under the direction, as usual, of Fiona Gibson, last evening segments from the show were filmed outside the community centre, with a view to making a video of the students' work on this year's show, The Little Shop of Horrors. Okay, here we go. Quiet, please. Now, over-exaggerate everything. So we had planned to have a show in March and we were going great guns up to Christmas. We'd act one finished and everything. And then of course the kids didn't come back to school in January. So that kind of put the kibosh and everything. So then we said we'd done a good bit of work on act one. So we said we might as well put something up. But of course the restrictions don't allow you to do it indoors. So the primary school were kind enough to give us their stage. And uh, we said we'd do it out here and end. It was very good to accommodate us here at the complex. All right, ready? I don't know anyone who deserves to die. Sure you do. Superwoman! Christ, what a freaking scatterbrain! Movie, you little slut! Christ, if your stupid head weren't screwed on! So what we're going to do is um, Martin Kavna has filmed everything and all the tracks are pre-recorded. So then they're going to put all that together and we're going to make a short video of all the little bits that we've done and we're going to put it up online and the parents can watch it there and everything. So 
these little shops and there's three girls this side. Yeah. Three girls this side, they're the main kind of bits for the start. Okay. And then the dancers come on in the second uh, verse. They had done such a good job up until Christmas that we just couldn't let it go to waste. And when we heard that we weren't going to be able to do it indoors, we were like, oh, the weather in Ireland. But somehow, even though yesterday was spilling rain, today's gorgeous. So it worked out well. It was meant to be. <laughs> How many people are in the cast? Uh, 48 in total. Gosh. Yeah, two classes. And then we had a live band as well. And as I said, everything was pre-recorded beforehand. So actually what they're doing here, of what you can see, is they're miming. But everything was pre-recorded by them last Thursday by Connor Wilkins. So... Dancers, you need to run like lightning to get on. Run two seconds before. No, 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 no. Okay, are we ready? Roll in. Started the rehearsals really hard because they had to wear masks, so it's very hard to do acting. And I couldn't really give out to them about their faces and that because I couldn't really see their faces, and we couldn't tell if um, they were singing properly, ranking like that. But it's you just same as everything; you get used to it. And again, doing it outside, I was like, "How is this going to work?" And but it, everything worked out fine in the end. And the kids are just delighted to be doing what they. As you say, it didn't all go to waste in the end. And that was Fiona Gibson, director of the show and a flavour of last evening's filming. Now to news reports online today. Locally, the Leinster Leader headlines 28 new cases of COVID reported yesterday in County Kildare. On a happier note, it also gives prominence to the achievement of two Newbridge students competing this week at the National Enterprise Awards. KFM Radio reports that Kildare continues to have Ireland's second highest 14-day COVID instance rate and also has a story on thousands of Kildare and West Wicklow babies not yet having had key development checks and the pandemic is blamed. Among the stories covered by the Kildare Nationalist are the call for local support for Jack and Jill Foundation and that story about a man who tried to set himself alight in Newbridge Garda Station the other evening. Nationally, RTE leads with that escalating violence in Israel. The UN is to meet as hostilities there intensify. The Examiner takes the home rental market for its main story, citing a new report that shows average rents have doubled in a decade. The property shortage means tenants are paying an extra €900 a year. The Independent is on the same theme. Those same rental costs, it says, mean the chances of under-30s buying a home continue to diminish. The journal.ie says renters are facing an impossible situation. And on the same housing crisis, the Irish Times headlines a sharp rise in stamp duty being considered to deter the bulk buying of homes by investors. And there we leave it for this morning from the Daily Cast. I'm Brian Byrne. This is Kilcullen Diary, and thanks as always, for listening.